Blog Talk Radio. Conversations on epilepsy.com. My name is Dr. Joe Servant. I'm editor in chief of epilepsy.com, and it is such a pleasure to be joining you today. I know that today uh, is July uh, the 16th, and uh, one of the facts is that we're very much in the middle of summer. But let's face it if you turn on the TV, computer, or radio, people are already talking back to school. And so it this point, I think it's time for us to start considering that return uh, to education. So why are we talking about it on epilepsy.com? Well, when you're going back to school, you have to talk about those kids or adults, for that matter, that may have seizures or epilepsy. Today, we're going to be talking about a very neat program uh, that's occurring in the state of Minnesota. Uh, The folks at the Epilepsy Foundation of Minnesota and the school district there, as well as uh, physicians, nurses, are looking at making people educated about seizures in Minnesota. Is this a national model? Well, to talk about the program, to share it with the rest of the country, I have two individuals who are very much a part of this. They include uh, Dr. Kate Nichols, She's a pediatric epilepsy specialist uh, at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And Miss Cindy Hiltz. She is a school nurse uh, in the Anoka Hennepin School District. So to uh, Dr. Nichols, to Cindy, it's a pleasure to have you both on. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Very good morning to you both. Well, let's start off uh, and let's share with our audience Tell us a little bit about yourselves and your role in epilepsy. So I'm going to start uh, with um, uh, Dr. Uh, excuse me, I'm going to start off uh, with Cindy in this case. If you could uh, kind of start tee us off on that question. Okay, I'm a school nurse in the largest school district in Minnesota, Anoka Hennepin. We have about 39,000 students and 6,000 staff, so it's a, a fairly large district for Minnesota. Um, my first contact with this uh, project that we did in starting in July of 2013 uh, came about when a parent uh, contacted our school district concerned about his child and how she was going to um, continue to deal with her epilepsy and still getting um, great education. Um, and there, from there, we're going to talk about that more. So I think that gives you a little information about where I'm coming from. I appreciate it, Cindy. Uh, Kate, uh, Dr. Nichols, uh, same question. Um, I'm one of the pediatric epilepsy doctors at Mayo Clinic, so I specialize in children with epilepsy, and most of my patients have epilepsy that doesn't completely respond to medications. Um, My primary exposure with the Seizure Smart Schools is through my work on the professional advisory board with the Epilepsy Foundation of Minnesota. Excellent, and thank you both again for joining us. Uh, Dr. Nichols, how common are seizures in school-age kids? 
So up to almost 10% of uh, everyone could have a seizure at some point, but only 0.5 to 1% of children will have epilepsy, which means that they are prone to having recurrent seizures. The big thing to keep in mind is that epilepsy onset has two peaks, one in the elderly, but also one in children. So if you take about three classrooms of an elementary school, one child most likely will have epilepsy. Wow. So I think you, you kind of, uh, I think kind of brings me to my next question. I know what you've given us a good number of school-aged children. You gave me a good picture here. Is that how common seizures are in the school environment? Is that a common place to find this? Most children will have a pretty good response to medication. Up to 70% of children with epilepsy will be seizure-free with medicines. So that leaves only about 30% that are likely to have the recurrent seizures. That being said, in Cindy's district, according to the Epilepsy Foundation, there were 804 seizure incidents over 2013-2014. So mm. we need to be comfortable with seeing seizures and treating seizures at school. Wow, that is a, that is a lot. I, I'm, I'm even taken aback by that number. Uh, Cindy, how prepared are school personnel, educational personnel, coaches, teachers, for those seizures? That sounds like a lot of numbers, high numbers. Right. So when we started this project in Anoka Hennepin, the first thing that we did was an assessment of where we were at. And we found that we only knew about 312 students in our district that had seizures. Um, and from the information that the doctor just gave us, we also knew that the prevalence was higher than that. So to begin with, we didn't even know all of our students that um, could be affected by this. Um, and then on top of that, we did a um, kind of a canvas discussion with a, a smaller group of teachers to find out, you know, if they felt comfortable. And a lot of our teachers were going to the Internet to get their information though we had good resources in the district with um, health service staff nurses that could be helping with that. Um, so that's where we began. We thought that we had a start on helping um, children that may have a seizure during the day at school um, and then perhaps have epilepsy um, also, so more than one seizure in their life. But um, obviously we were missing big pieces. Um, so I think that's going to be different in every district, though, depending on what's happened in the recent past um, or what kind of trainings they've had. Uh, it's a really is a, a wide variety. Uh, what is a seizure smart, Cindy? So um, seizure smart in our district was an um, uh, initial project that we hadn't happened in a district-wide process in the past. Um, and it was a beginning discussion with where are we at, where could we go, where do we need to shore up things. Um, in Anoka Hennepin, we had already been writing health plans for students. We had already been writing emergency plans for students. We had already been communicating to teachers, working with parents, helping students try to fit in. Because we know that um, epilepsy can have a negative impact on uh, a child's self-image, they can be more anxious, more depressed, um, struggle with their academic success, which is what we're really there for. Um, so, so 
from there, we decided that we were going to um, shore up our training, that we were going to do a few other um, clarification or streamlining of processes, and uh, then mostly try to make our community more aware of epilepsy and what we can do to help kids be successful. Um, we ended up having um, trainings at our schools for our teachers, for our principals, for our special ed staff. We found that some teachers are so busy teaching all day that actually uh, um, email training with a link uh, to a PowerPoint and a video uh, worked well for us. I don't know that would be true in every district. Um, we did special trainings for our nurses and our health peers, the, the people that see our kids as they come in sick during the day. Um, and then we sh we shored up our health plans, um, our communications. We put a piece on our web page. So I think it's going to be different, again, starting with where your district already is at and then building on that to um, increase the awareness. Is, is that can you give us a sense of as you've got I mean I to me it's hard to fathom I'm thinking of all these kids all this personnel I I'm just bringing back to my memories of school that's a lot of people to kind of get on the same page what I mean I think that's a challenge but what lessons learned both positive and negative in terms of getting everyone to this point of understanding this issue. Um, what lessons learned, you know, I think people, especially teachers in schools, want to help children succeed. Um, nurses want to help families when their um, children have chronic health conditions. So, you know, some of our parents, we needed to encourage them to share that information just so we could get going. Um, sometimes this is very private information that People really, unless it's causing an issue at school, don't want anyone to know about. Um, and we do try to keep information down to just people that need to know. Um, but hopefully knowing that there are other students in your schools that are dealing with the same or similar kinds of um, concerns helps the parents and the students also. So it's, it's that awareness piece. It's getting rid of that stigma. This is a, a, a disease that... You've done nothing wrong to cause it. There's, you do the best you can to deal with it. Sometimes there's seizures, breakthrough seizures occurring, and then how do we um, care for that person and get them back on the on the quality of life uh, track that they they can have. So so important. What are the uh, to, to Cindy or and or Dr. Nichols? What what are the goals for Seizure Smart for Minnesota? I mean, you've given a sense of what the program is. Is it? Is this going to be everyone in the state, uh, is, is, or how is it going to be one district at a time? What what are those goals in terms of doing this? We so right now there are about seventy five schools that have met the criteria for being seizure smart, and the Epilepsy Foundation does have specific criteria um, that the schools need to pass off, which basically, like Cindy was saying, is it comes down to education and awareness that occurs in the classroom on the school level but also on the district level as well so the you know the students in the classrooms get education and then the the school personnel gets uh, gets training and then also the uh, the school nurse and the other health services so right now there's 75 but the goal for the epilepsy foundation is to have 300 schools being seizure smart 
Wow. Wow, that and is that means huge. educating over 14,000 people. <laughs> wow, that, that's not, not a small task. But I'm impressed that you got 75 that are uh, that are already kind of certified. Um, to to both of you, uh, is this, are there other models outside? I know you all are in Minnesota, but are there models outside of Minnesota, to your knowledge? Uh, I, I'm hard pressed to to know them, but uh, any any sense of that question? Um, we're not aware of, and I uh, spoke also with some of the other people from the Epilepsy Foundation that I work with, and uh, we're not aware of any similar programs outside of Minnesota. But in Minnesota, we're very fortunate to have uh, some champion supporters, and you know that's the really the big thing to make this successful is to have a champion like Cindy who can come and. Uh, you know, support her school district, and we're very fortunate in Minnesota to have that. And we also have some uh, wonderful people who are willing to also support this project financially as well, such as Coach Kill. Well, amazing, and Coach Kill such an important inspiration for not only uh, Minnesota but for everyone. Um, if our listeners wanted to learn more. Uh, maybe they want to emulate this uh, outside of Minnesota, or uh, they just want to understand how they can do uh, things in their local school district. Where can they contact you? Maybe a website or phone number uh, that that you could provide, Cindy. What what could you share with our audience? Um, my uh, work phone number is seven six three five zero six one five six eight. Or if you um, lose track of that, you can go to the Anoka Hennepin webpage and just search for the health service coordinator, and I will come up, Cynthia Hilt, H-I-L-T-Z, and you can email me. That, that, uh, and um, is, and uh, can they also contact the Epilepsy Foundation of Minnesota as well? That's what I would recommend. Uh, and in fact, if you go to the Epilepsy Foundation Minnesota webpage, um, they have information on there about the seizure smart schools, including a way to keep track of whether or not your school is seizure smart. So for those in Minnesota, I'd highly recommend going on the website to find out how educated their school district is. Um, the uh, program director at the Epilepsy Foundation is Michelle Maxwell, and she's happy to be contacted. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Uh, well, we're in our final minute or so. Um, what take-home message do you want to make sure you leave for the listeners today that are listening across the U.S., and for for that matter, uh, many of our listeners are international, any take-home messages uh, for our audience uh, based on, on this fantastic program you're doing? Uh, Dr. Nichols. I would say the first is to make sure that your child's school is aware of his or her epilepsy. Um, sometimes children need accommodations, and I'm amazed at how many parents are not aware of the different services, academic services that are available to their child. Um, and I think you're right, some of it is that they don't necessarily want to speak up and tell the school about their child's epilepsy, but it's really doing their child a disservice to not communicate with teachers in the school district, both from a learning standpoint and also from a safety standpoint. So make sure that you have good communication with your school. If you're concerned that your child isn't living up to his or her academic potential, discuss it 
with your doctor. There's additional help that they may qualify for. And then the the big thing is just get out, increase awareness, increase education, and make sure that there's a good safety plan for your child's epilepsy and try to get your school educated. Sage, important advice. Thanks, Dr. Nichols. Uh, Cindy, uh, same question. What, what take-home messages uh, as a school nurse do you want to make sure you leave with our audience? Through this project, we found out that, indeed, we can improve outcomes in, in schools for children who have seizures by providing education and empowering school districts to have um, improved plans for our students. So I would, again, encourage um, schools and school districts to look at what we're doing with this chronic disease to help our kids succeed. Um, and just a little bit more awareness could make a big difference for a child in their self-outlook and how they're going to uh, be able to do academically. The last thing I would say is the champion uh, in your school district is the first person that a parent needs to find, and that can be like finding a needle in a haystack. Um, if there is a school nurse or a health office in your um, schools, I would encourage you to start there. Um, they can be a, a wonderful advocate and help you navigate the system, whatever it may be in the school system that you're in. Fantastic and important advice. I want to thank both you, Dr. Nichols, uh, you, Cindy, for your tremendous work and also giving me a, a little bit of your morning uh, to kind of uh, talk about this fantastic program. Uh, thanks so much for joining us uh, and helping uh, educate us about uh, Seizure Smart. Thank you. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Thanks. It's a pleasure. So to everyone out there, we had been talking to Dr. Kate Nichols, a pediatric epilepsy specialist uh, in Rochester, Minnesota, uh, and Ms. Cindy Hills, a school nurse with the Anoka Hennepin uh, School District. They've been talking about uh, what they are doing, their amazing work, to get people educated about seizures, uh, not only in the district but across the state. And I think it's truly a model for the rest of us. Um, I hope that you all have enjoyed and uh, everything that we talked about today and, and really learned something. And to everyone out there, I hope that you come and join us again for a future hallway conversation. Uh, it is always such a pleasure to have you out here. Again, this is Dr. Joe Servan, Editor-in-Chief of Epilepsy.com. Uh, this has been Hallway Conversations on Epilepsy.com. Thanks so much for joining us today.